Hello and welcome to the football babble. Just myself and Big Brandy, as Finn calls him. Hello, Brandy. How are you, sir? How can it be better? World champions. <laughs> World champions. I was gonna. We'll get straight into it. Um, as I just touched my mic. Sorry, folks. Um. Yeah, world club champions. How does it feel? Um, I have, it feels good. Like I, I think I heard somebody say that um, it's one of those things that you don't notice it if you're not in it, but if you're in it, you obviously want to win it and you care about it. Um, <clears throat> probably a bit of extra incentive for Chelsea because it's the one trophy they've never won, um, and it was to. To obviously round off um Azpilicueta's clean sweep as well, which was maybe a bit of extra motivation for the for the captain. Um yeah, got there in the end. Uh probably not the best two performances that you'll ever see um a Tuchel side put in, but um <clears throat> first one I think the the dominated the ball in the semi-final. I think um you know Al Halal try to you know do what most teams do to Chelsea because they know the struggle um if if teams put on a low block um Chelsea can't really create Palmeiras did the same to to an extent but I think they're they're maybe a bit bit better good side like you know people don't I don't think yeah give these teams enough credit uh you know probably I wouldn't have known a lot about them. Maybe yourself and Steve would have would have been the two. Maybe Patty as well that would would know a bit about um, South American club football and um, even like those global Champions Leagues that go on that um, we're maybe a bit um, ignore in a bad way. So um, no, definitely two difficult games, but uh, got there in the end, and it's it's another trophy. It's um, Abramovich was there again. It uh, can only help. Help Tuchel's cause, I think. Yeah, I like obviously I wasn't on with you and Johnny last week, and we'll address that as well. I'm sure at some point in this pod. Um, but I, I obviously wasn't on last week. Um, but I, like for me, uh, the Club World Cup is um, a special tournament to win because to be in it, you've had to have been European champions. If obviously playing Europe, you have to be continental champions, whatever continent you're playing. So it, it does mean something. I know people think it's a bit of a gimmick and, and whatever, but usually find it's people whose clubs have never been anywhere near it that will comment on it. Um, and like I know Craig Burley was acting a dose of shite earlier on ESPN this week and he was talking about it being tin pot compared to the League Cup. Like we Liverpool play Chelsea in the League Cup here next weekend and yeah, it's a League Cup final. It's a game against Chelsea. Only you're my brother-in-law. Otherwise, there'd be no real other thing in it. Like, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't really yeah. give that much of a shit. But it's like, yeah. But whereas the Club World Cup, I think, like, I'll always remember when we won it. For me, no, had an unreal tournament. We went out, and you could tell in the build-up how special it was for the South American players that were involved. And Klopp was highlighting that a lot. And I think he mentioned it last week when he was talking about Chelsea playing in it. Um, you know, we saw our own players, like Allison and Firmino and Fabinho, um, to name a few, that it meant so much to them. And I watched it with Dad in Mum and Dad's house and literally roared the house down when Firmino got us the winner. Um, and, like, 
just buzzing because we'd finally got it. You know, it was Liverpool had played a couple of times and then put out, beat well when it used to be the Intercontinental Cup and it was the South American winners against the European winners and they were beat all four all four times and they were beat the fifth time in when it was in Tokyo, I think, when it was a, a multiple ter- a team tournament. But yeah, I think it's I think it's class. Like I think it's a special thing. And like Chelsea are one of only three or four teams, I think, have won every cup they could possibly win. An old cup yep. and a cup um doesn't exist anymore. Um but they won it. And I remember that game against uh, Zola scored an absolute screamer for them. Um I think it was in Copenhagen that final. Um but anyway, yeah, so like again that's, that's part of history now for Chelsea. Like they they can put their hands up and say, look, we we've won the lot. Um which is brilliant. So yeah, I thought it was important. I thought um Kai Havertz again uh like he, he, like, he hasn't done enough to justify his price tag, but he kind of has because he scored the winning goal in the Champions League final. And he scored the winning penalty in the Club World Cup final. So it's weird. Like, if he even if he fin- yeah. if he leaves in the summer, say, and goes back to Germany, he scored two massive goals for Chelsea within the space of uh, like over a year and a bit being at Chelsea, which is insane. But also, we could look at it and go. It's a bit like Torres, I think, really, at the minute for Havertz. You could look at Torres at the time at Chelsea and go, like, you, you could have been much more, but he still had some unbelievably big moments. Uh, I think, um, yeah, it's a good comparison. I think there was there was more pressure on Torres somehow because he was the number nine. He was the out-and-out, supposed to be the out-and-out goal scorer, and it took him 12 or 13 games, I think, to score his first goal. Um, and the pressure was mounting every game. Havertz, bit different. Um, obviously younger when he joined. I know the bigger price tag and all that, but um, he wasn't like the number nine. Um, and relied upon to score goals. It was kind of before Lukaku came. It was a bit. <clears throat> oh well, you know whoever scores that day, they're the number nine for the day, sort of thing. And um there's more of that pressure than extent on Werner, I think, because he was bought as the as the striker per se. Um Havertz, I think, yeah, it's a weird one, like definitely. You're right, like he hasn't done enough in his time to to justify the price tag. But um, you know, if you score the winning goal on usually you get put down as a legend of the club. And, and you know, I don't think he will go in the summer. I think um, he'll still have his time to to prove what he's worth. And there's, it's happened in fits and starts. Like I think he he has um, he has shown some good moments. And and whenever he shows good moments, it tends to like he got COVID obviously in his first season. Then. Um, he was injured, and then when he scored against Spurs in the in the League Cup, I think it was semi final, uh, he broke his finger basically straight away as he scored the goal. So I had to go off, and then he was sidelined for a couple of weeks. And um, he only the first game he started then was the semi final of, the, of the Club World Cup, and um, obviously continued that on the final. And I think he was he was quite good in both of those games. So mm-hmm. I think you'll see him now uh, start the next few games for Chelsea and. Um, you know, hopefully he'll, be, he'll play a pivotal role because I think he, I don't know what what way, um, I think he's a better link to Lukaku 
Lukaku than anyone else. Um, from what I've seen at yeah. the moment, anyway, Ziyech is a good provider, um, and that's been the the issue for Lukaku. But um, you know, those little passes in the number ten position, Havertz can play anywhere across that that front line. Um, I think he his intelligence um, helps bring Lukaku into the game more. Definitely, I I think Havertz. Havertz has all the potential to be Chelsea's key man. Like he, he has all the attributes, um, just to, if he's unlocked, to be like to be easily the most important player in Chelsea's squad. He, I, I firmly believe he's all the talent, and all the ability to do it. It's just, and it's not a case of like um, him not wanting to be. That's it's not. You don't get that with Kai Havertz. It's just a case of it's been stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Um, but that if he's given the time, then then certainly not that definitely not click. But pardon me, Werner is an interesting one. Like Chelsea have a decision, I think, in the summer, Brent, and we'll talk about that closer towards the end of the season if it still goes the way it goes. And you you never know with Romelu Lukaku either. Like you, you know, <laughs> Big Rom could could all of a sudden want to go somewhere else, and and then whatever, and then that's it. But again, he, he I know he scored, but he still sort of still feels stop starty with him. Um. At Chelsea, but we'll see. There's a couple of big games coming up for Chelsea, obviously, uh, in the next couple of weeks, including Champions League, which we're going to move on to now and chat on. Tonight, Brent, it's obviously Tuesday the 15th. Um, we're half an hour away from a humongous game, actually, like that sort of just creeped up on us. Um, PSG against Real Madrid in Paris. I was watching coverage there before we came on. There's 276, 278 journalists in the press box, which is the most there's ever been at a non, I think it's non-final potentially. Um, it's been 35 different countries across the world are all getting in live. Like the buzz for this, we just missed it because we were obviously like, things were going on uh, away from just not even podcasting, but football, things were different going on. The Champions League is just bang, sprung up on us again. Um, but this is absolutely humongous. This is a humongous game of football, like, and it's the last 16. Yeah, it, it's, it's sprung. I don't know what we were doing, like, but um, I think because we had the winter break and we were just kind of excited to, to get the Premier League back, that the, but certainly for me as well, with the, with the Club World Cup happening, um, you know, I just was looking at Chelsea's fixtures and how um packed in they were. Obviously there's all the talk of the of the League Cup as well final coming up. Um that forgot that we we had a, a round of sixteen uh, Champions League games in between, which is wild yep. to think of. Um but yeah absolutely massive game. Um sort of you know lots of um Different storylines. Um, one major one, obviously, being Mbappe and um, the the big talk about him potentially not playing in Paris next year and and playing for the opponents. Um, uh, and Messi coming up against his old rival and um, Ramos. Ramos. I don't think he's don't think he's going to be fit to start, which is unfortunate just for the for the drama of the whole thing. But um, you know. We know that of all competitions, um, the Champions League always seems to deliver, um, and the big games never really disappoint. So, um, yeah. I've missed it. It's it's exciting to have it back. Um, 
and you know i hope we can be i hope that it doesn't happen sometimes in these games you get you get a big dramatic game and yes you might get goals etc but there's there's diving all over the place and there's you know some um i don't think that'll be the case in this tackles or something that no no i i i think these two teams will go at each other um i don't think there'll be a case of like um diving and breaking play up i i don't think for instance i'm not watching psg in the background here warm up i don't think psg can afford to do that tonight i think psg this is in paris and the whole world is watching it like me and you're coming off this podcast here in like 25 minutes both buzzing gonna be watching this PSG will want to put on a show, and they'll, they'll not want to just grind out against Real Madrid. They'll want to annihilate. They'll want to try and humiliate Real Madrid. They'll want to really put on a show here and try and show that they are now, you know, the big dogs in Europe. Um, Because for ages, obviously, Real Madrid were, were the team that everybody hunted, but you could argue now that they're the team that are chasing Paris, Paris Saint-Germain, because of obviously who, you know, I don't know if you know, but Paris Saint-Germain signed Lionel Messi in the summer. I don't know if you heard this. And he now plays for them, no. so uh, they've elevated now, and they have up front tonight's Di Maria, Mbappe, and Lionel Messi. Um, and I, I, I think I, I hope I do not jinx this, but I think this has the potential to be this tie to be like spoken of years down the line. It really does. This has a feel of a final, but it's the last sixteen. Um, I, I have, I have a, I have a suspicion. PSG might do something mental on them tonight. Hmm. I, I, up front, obviously, Benzema, Essential, and Vinicius is brilliant. Like Vinicius and Benzema, especially, have been absolutely unbelievable all season for, for Real Madrid. But I just have a feeling, I have a real strong feeling for PSG tonight that they're going to produce some magic. Um, I don't know what you think. Do you think there's sense? Do you think there's sense that the the kind of the two Spanish giants um, are at their weakest that they've been in in the most recent years, um, and that it kind the English clubs as well to an extent. Um, you know, Man City have, have obviously never won it before. They'll have that pressure. Um, Liverpool and Chelsea arguably don't look as strong as they did last year, um, although you know standards very high. Um, I think Liverpool look stronger because of the injuries. Like I, I think this is, I think, I think this is Liverpool's strongest they've ever looked under Klopp. If I'm honest, I mean personnel wise, personnel wise, sorry, and um, because everybody's fit. Do, but I do, I, I know what you mean, and I do, do you think. think I I think Brett and PSG just look at this tie and go, fuck them, you know. We're Paris Saint Germain now, and we have Lionel Messi. It's time for us to win this. There is so much pressure on PSG, so much pressure on PSG. But I think tonight it it'll work in their favour. I really do. I fancy PSG massively tonight. Now, uh, like Real Madrid have been known to slap me in the face, you know. I fancy Liverpool to beat them stupid in Kiev, and that worked out pretty horribly for me. I fancy Liverpool to beat them last year in the Champions League, and that didn't work out for me either. Uh, you know they were dumped out of it. Um, but I, I, there's just something about this PSG side. Like watching even more up, just in the build up, and 
there's just I, I I don't think PSG will win it this year. I don't, but I think they'll win tonight. And it's uh, there's there isn't the aura around Real Madrid that there was, and it's and it's not about just Ronaldo not being there or Ramos. There was it was Ronaldo, Ramos, and Zidane. Do you know what I mean? It was the three as a collective, plus Ramos and, and Ronaldo were in yeah in their prime. They're not in their prime anymore. They were in their prime for three or four seasons ago. They were elite. Like it was ridiculous what Real Madrid did. Um, and in 20, 30, 40 years' time, we're going to read back at this and be like, remember that passage Real Madrid won four out of five Champions Leagues? And it, was, it was mental, do you know what I mean? But it's not there. and It isn't there anymore. And I, I think Chelsea unlocked that for everyone last year when they put them out of the Champions League. I think, it, I think they did. I think Chelsea unlocked that. I think I do I fancy it. I really, I'm, I'm so excited for this tie, Brett, and I really am. Like, and it's all sprung up to me now because I haven't been paying attention to it for the last couple of weeks. But I think this could be a brilliant Tuesday night, like a brilliant Tuesday night viewing. Do, do you think it's a, um, do you think it's a bit of a, an audition for Mbappe in a way this tie, or do you think he he's not really feeling that pressure? He's focused on on PSG and especially if you know what happens if he goes and, and wins the Champions League with PSG and Real Madrid obviously go out at this stage. I, I don't is I don't it, think it's an, is I don't think it's an addition. A, an exciting prospect for him. It's still Real Madrid, isn't it? It's it's still like yeah you know, I mean having the choice of playing for Paris Saint Germain and Real Madrid, no matter what you think of Paris Saint Germain and the money that they come into Whatever, but the play for Barcelona Germain room, but it's not a bad choice. You know what I mean? I I think I think it'll be done anyway. I think Mbappe will be at Real Madrid. So I don't think it's an addition. I think it's just a chance for him to show to the world and show to Real Madrid this is what you're getting. And yeah, it's it's an interest. I don't know how I'm interested to see how Real Madrid deal with him tonight. It's still, it's still a brilliant side like Cruz, Modric, Casemiro, midfield. How are those three still playing? I don't don't know. They're about <laughs> sixty years old, and they're still Boston midfields. And and that's my problem as well. I've fallen into that trap now. So people are going to listen to this tomorrow and be like, "What a dickhead!" When Real Madrid win three nil, but and that's the trap you fall in. That's the trap that <laughs> I fall into with Real Madrid. It's that mid that midfield just nullifies everything and then take over it and but I think tonight PSG will have it for them I think especially with the front three PSG have Di Maria we know what he's like uh, Messi, your man Messi's dead on and then and then Lionel Bappe and Sorry. then uh, Kylian Bappe up front so yeah I, I can't wait for this like I this this to me it's a shame well I'm glad it isn't but it's a shame it's not a final because this is a final would be um, pretty special, not because just of all playing staff, but because of the two clubs and and the and the scale they're at, like the record breaking, uh, European Cup holders, and the team that want that record, and even though they're miles off, but the team that want to be at that level. So, yeah, really intriguing tie. The other tie, of course, then is um, Sporting Club de Portugal are hosting Man City, um, in uh Lisbon tonight. <laughs> I mean. I think we'll all be shocked if that comes through that Man City don't win. Don't think Sporting are as good as they have been. But you never know. It's an away tie. There's no away goals as well this season, Brent, which is like sort of 
takes the fun, takes the sting out of it or the fun out of it. Like until obviously you, you're beat by one, then you're thinking, "Fuck, those away goals." But yeah, there's no away goals, which is uh, strange. Yeah, it's, it's again hasn't really come into come into light until now because we're in the in the knockout stages. Mm. But um, I, I suppose it, we'll see how it plays out. But teams are used to having um, having that as an advantage. And and say Man City go, you know, in in previous years if they go um, to Sporting and and win two nil, you're thinking. Well, Sporting aren't going to score three at um, at the Etihad and and put them out or, or or get two and bring it to extra time. Man City only really need to score one. You would say something like you know, but it's not the case anymore. Um, and it might take a bit of getting used to. Um, but mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I don't know if I like that rule or not. Um, it, it kind of came into. Didn't it come into effect in the in the Spurs and the Ajax um, semi final that year? Um, and it just seemed it seemed cruel on on Ajax at the time. Probably there was yeah. Past that, um, that went through in the end, but I I liked I liked the way goals. Um, the way goal rule, and if 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 you're playing at home first. You know, then like it sets you up, sort of, and and there's a real caginess to the tie because then you can sit at home and, and just right. We're at home first. If we can get it, if we can win this one nil, we're in the money here because we go to their place. They have to come out and score. If we can score, it's an away goal. Bang. Do you know what I mean? We're home and hosed. We're and I like that. I like the sort of to and fro of it and the thing. And it's took that away nice. So it's just sort of like, I mean. Uh, the the Champions League is absolutely daft anyway. I don't think it'll take away um the bonkersness of it. I think we're still gonna see some mad ties. I hope we do anyway. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. I would have I would have kept the way I thought it was a good one. I thought it was all you always living in that danger then, you know, and then if it got the stage where you're like ten minutes to go, people Something trying to a count bit up. different. Yeah. And people people were trying to count up like, hang on, oh god, we need one goal here and what if they score? How many do we need? And you're trying to do the mass in your head, you know, as things are going off. So, uh, well, yeah. they've took it away. They've done with it now. So, um, it is what it is, as they say. The, the other ties, obviously, tomorrow night, um, Liverpool go to Milan to play Internationale. And few Liverpool fans sort of comfortable enough. Blah, blah. I, I think this is going to be very tough for Liverpool. I, st- I, still, I still think Liverpool have the tools to win this tie. But I think this is going to be much closer than people think. I think this Inter Milan side, they're only one point off the lead. Jack goes flying, playing really well. They have a super defence with the Freeze and Skriniar and Bastoni as well can play in there. Now, I know Barella is, isn't available. Klopp talked him up today in the press conference. I thank you, Jürgen. See you in the summer, Nico. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what you think, Brent, but I, I think I think Liverpool, this is going to be very, very tough. I still fancy Liverpool to win, but it's going to be a very, very tough game. Absolutely, that um, that Serie A is is wild this year. It's so competitive. It, it it seems like apart from maybe league, unless Liverpool can claw our way back, um, it seems like some of the some of the European leagues are more competitive. Certainly at, in Italy and Spain than they have been in the past. And you know, 
as you say, to have the two Milan teams a, a point apart. Um, I think Inter have a game in hand, maybe as well. So, um, you know, t- if they win that game, they're they're top of of Syria, and um, to have a to have a goal scorer in form is a massive thing. Um, it just and I think it will be a good tie. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think Liverpool just have have far too much um, in reserve. I think we've seen um, Sal- the wrath of Mo Salah yet um, after the African Cup of Nations. I think he's going to come out and be scary. I think I said this to the Jedi last week on the um, on the main pod that um, I'm I'm fearing for what. Salah's gonna do because you could see mm. that he was upset after the after the cup final defeat and then like was was it the next day or the following day he was back in training and um, day. he just looked absolutely yeah absolutely burned to go so um looking forward to seeing what he's like and and with Diaz coming in as well you know that might give him a, not that he needed it but you know a bit more of a a giddy up to to push on and. Um, I think just Liverpool are are devastating going forward. It, it, and we know that the relationship they have with this tournament, um, Inter Milan do as well, obviously. But um, I think Liverpool are in in a great vein of form. I the, the probably not likely that they're um, although possible this and and the League Cup, which you know doesn't take precedence. The Champions League is the big one, and I think they'll be gunning for that as well. Like this will, if Jurgen comes to leagues with Liverpool, it's it's. I know he's he's a legend of the club anyway, but you know that'll go down in history. I think he sort of not that he has to. He doesn't have to do anything, but I think for the fan base, we wouldn't want them to just finish on uh, a Champions League in a league. I know that sounds very very ungrateful. But just for what he's done, you'd want him to have more, you know. So, if he could have, <laughs> if he can add two Champions Leagues and one of them this year, whatever. And if look, if he wins and all, if he wins the league title this year, fair play to him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night's tie. I was glad we got it to Milan, not because I think it's going to be easier or anything, not, not a chance, because it's a big European tie, like it's Inter Milan. Inter Milan Liverpool like that that's historic um, it's what you want like you do want those when you get into the next round you sort of are a wee bit like oh right okay because you're, you're itching to go because you know what's the further you progress in this tournament you're going to get the you, you yourselves and whatever you're going to play in the big games against the bigger teams and it's a massive buzz like I'm sure you got the buzz last year when you got Real Madrid semi-final in Champions League for Real Madrid yeah. you're like god here we go do you know what I mean? Like it's it's what and you want, like, them. And, and yeah, battered them. Like um, so that's that's what you want. So I I look, we got it. I know Chelsea have Lille coming up next week, which is be a tough tie too. You know, Lille aren't in as good a shape as they have been from previous season when they're still French champions, and PSG will probably win that soon. But still have good players. Um, but yeah, and like there there is the argument too as well. Like if you set off with playing. The bigger teams as you go through and you get into that momentum, that'll carry you through then into the in the tournament, you know, as well. Like it's so we'll see what happens anyway. I'm buzzing for it. I think I think I think Klopp has an interesting 
uh, decision to make. I think his midfield should be Thiago, Fabinho and Keita. Again, depending on how Harvey Elliott's got on in training, I don't think he'll start Harvey Elliott. But that's what I would go with, Keita. And I think up front, depending on how everybody looks, um, Salah will start. If Jada's dead leg is, is healed, Jada will have to start because of the form he's in. And then it's one of Firmino, Mane and Louis Diaz. And Diaz <laughs> is great against Leicester. Firmino has been in and out. Has been great too. I know he wasn't at, at his best um, with the ball at his feet, certainly, um, on Sunday. But he was great otherwise, positionally, as he always is. People always forget that about Firmino. And then, obviously, Sadio Mane has just come off having an unreal AFCON. And look really sharp on Sunday as well. So good luck to Jurgen picking that side. Um just to want to touch before we move on, Breton, or, or I know you'll come in there. Like, uh, Tiago Alcantara, I know I, I've said it to him blue in the face. Like I know I said it last year, and part of it was just because I was just constantly trying to have him to defend him. But if you're still on the uh, side of he isn't the right fit for Liverpool, or he doesn't do it for Liverpool, just Take take a game and sit down on your own and just watch him for ninety minutes and then come back and talk about it. It he's not like he, it's not like he's um uh like Kevin De Bruyne or Steven Gerrard or Frank Lampard where he's scoring goals, he's doing different things or whatever. It's how he takes over a game himself. Little passes, little touches, tackles, position where he steps into, gets the ball, releases it early. You can constantly see him conducting things and talking things. It's 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 ridiculous, Brenton. It we I don't think Liverpool have had as good a midfielder, an all round midfielder, and not saying players. I think Steven Gerrard will come into this since Xabi Alonso and and Fabinho's in that mix too because of how how much he's evolved. Fabinho's when Fabinho finishes as Liverpool career, to put it, they'll be trying to put him into the, the all time eleven. He'll be in the conversation anyway, whether he'll get it or not. But he'll be definitely in the conversation. But as Thiago goes on, I hope Thiago obviously wins against Liverpool. What he does, like it's, it's ridiculous. He's such such a clever footballer, and it's not just the the stylish passes or the outside of the boot passes. As I said, it's it's the positions he takes up. It's the winning the ball, bouncing it where he goes, one twos. It's as I said, conducting. It's it's everything. He he is frightening, and it's what we wanted as Liverpool fans. What what we saw, what we were talking about, and people talk about in Bundesliga, and it was Rafa Honigstein said it as well. Don't be expecting. A midfielder to come in and take over this game, like we had, as I said, uh, Gerard De Bruyne, whatever. This is a different type of midfielder, um, that will dictate play, but it'll do it subtly. And when you start noticing those, it's hard to take your eye off him. He's just, I just adore him. <laughs> I think he's 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 one of those players. Uh, the best way that I can describe him is that you notice when he's missing. But yep. it takes you a while to to be like, hang on, what's going on here? Like, why yep. are we playing differently? Or, you know, why isn't the flow right? What's the missing link? And you, you notice it because, as you say, it is those. <clears throat> what I like about him is he'll, he'll get on with things quickly and he'll be the his head on a swivel and he'll know where the pass is before it comes to him you know we've seen players like that in the past in the Premier League but it's like the pass that opens up 
the assist sort of thing a lot of the yep. time um and it, the like it's so important to have a player like that who's intelligent enough to find those gaps and to open up that space and give Trent a ball when he has just enough space to to put a ball in at the mm-hmm. right time. Because yeah. if it is somebody else who's there, um, like Naby Keita or something, I don't know, somebody who's playing there instead of him, it might take him an extra half second or a second to get that pass out. And they're, you know, against Liverpool, teams are more than likely going to be sitting in a low block and they're going to be yep. shifting across the pitch and they're going to get out to Trent or they're going to get out to Robertson or whatever it may be. But you need somebody who has that quickness of mind and then is able to, you know, execute physically as well. And we know how mm. how how talented he is alongside that but it's his brain it's his urgency it's you know his intelligence to to know when someone needs the ball and how quickly they need it um to to shift the team in the right direction and you know therefore create opportunities and and he's world-class you know i think people maybe wanted you know it it took him maybe a wee bit to, to get going as it does with a lot of players um, in the Premier League and people maybe wanted it to be a f- uh, field experiment or a field transfer or whatever it was but um, I, I think his quality has shone through and you know we're only going to see more and more of him if he stays fit Oh 100% like, and that's, the, that's the thing you want him just to stay if, he, if, if Thiago stays fit for the remainder of the season they're probably going to have a very good season I think he sort of took as well. He didn't get snubbed by Spain because he brought the Euros, but he didn't get starting. He didn't get playing a lot for Spain, not as much as he would have wanted. And I think he sort of maybe took that to heart as well because there, he has gone up a level. And he'd gone up a level last year. People were forgetting. Like, not the turn is in the Liverpool pub, but last year Liverpool were down and out. Like, for, even for top fourth, Liverpool were bait out the gap. Too many injuries. The team looked dust busted they got uh real madrid made fools of them really like easily coasted past them they just looked done they had personal tragedies going on two key members of the team including uh club as well had personal tra- like lost members of the family up to parents they couldn't even go home and grieve all this is going on you know people forget as well within liverpool last year was a lot went on within that team that, um the Van Dijk injury that people keep going back to really affected certain people. It was just all going on. Liverpool just felt like a season. It was just constantly in turmoil. And they fought back and they got in the top four. They finished third, which nobody ever forgets. Liverpool finished third last year and they were 7-3 the one point miles out of it. Yeah, Alisson scored a winning goal. But see who was key to that run in the last 10 or 11 games? Thiago midfield with Fabinho. The Old Trafford yeah. game where they won four two or four three in the end four two i think it was um john obviously scores not phillips has an unreal assist salah scores that brilliant goal at the end where dean henderson starting outside old trafford as he's running through sure, but if you yeah. look back at that game and i mentioned this at the time like people didn't want to hear it like even liverpool fans didn't want to hear because they were just people certain people just not not happy with him or whatever or whatever they weren't looking at it and looking at what tiago was i think it was gary neville said tiago today was just he controlled that whole game. He did. He just dictated the whole game. That's what he does. 
So yeah, I, I just I, I I love watching them. I, I hope everyone's team ends up with having someone that came in midfield at some point in their lives, and you can sit back and enjoy it and watch it. I think, to be honest, and I'm not just saying it. I think Kovacic is going to be that player at Chelsea down the line. I think he already that Liverpool game, where he scored that screaming goal. Kovacic has showed that throughout the year that he can be that player. We you don't really notice him until he's out of the team, and you're like, hang on, something's missing. Yeah, I think he's that important at Chelsea at times now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I th- yeah, Thiago Liverpool midfield. I think that's why I wouldn't write them out. Just giving Chelsea or City a bit of a scare in the title and um, running, but we'll see. But the Champions League, it's obviously this week. Top four, we'll maybe touch on because I know the, Champions, the games are about to start here, Brandon. We want to watch them, but top four, we'll we'll just briefly touch on a couple of minutes here. Nobody seems to want it, which is like uh, you know, yeah. it's a good thing to get get into, lads. Like you know, if you, the Wolves, are Wolves going to get it? I would love it. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I think the, I, I think <laughs> we. Um, me, you, and Paddy would would enjoy that greatly. Uh, I don't know about the two other lads, but um, yeah. yeah, like um, obviously West Ham have, have had a wee bit of a dodgy patch. United, we know well. We don't know what's going on there, but it's not good. I'll tell you that. Um, John, the last two games. Um, well, I mean, just the... before we, before Brenton, just before you know, you get into it. Harry Maguire though, inventing no look defending. I mean, that's innovative. Something. That that is, it is it's it's innovative. Um it's you know he 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 people say you think outside the box. He doesn't think. Period. In the box or outside the box? A period. He doesn't think. Full stop. So you know, it's I, I mean, no Rudin uh, highlighted it, who's an excellent Man United fan, by the way, one of the funniest people on Twitter highlighted it on Saturday on Twitter, I think I might have fractured three vertebrae. I laughed that hard in the sofa when I saw it, um, and I watched the game. I, mean, I missed that happening. I don't know it's, if it's uh, if it's straight out of the the Ralph Ragnick um, <laughs> tactic book or not. Like, yeah, but yeah. Um, it's it's certainly something to behold. Um, <laughs> the, You're telling you, he, I think you can see that the. Um, let's call them the more dramatic players um are starting to to notice i mean yes there's what a better you talking about? well i mean i think the listeners um will be able to figure that out for themselves but second best portuguese uh, striker in the league <laughs> <laughs> um and midfielder but yeah the um I think they're they're kind of starting to notice what and the Harry Maguire thing. Yes, of course, it's a piss take, um, has been for a while, but it, it also is is factual. It's also reality that he's not he's not good at football, and then they really need to sort it out instead of just sticking their head in the sand. United and um it's costing them results it's costing them points it might cost them top four in champions league football and um you know it might cost them this project and a manager and who they're going to get in um you know it's it's all snowballing um quite um disastrously at the minute um having said that you know the game in hand on west ham 
Um, I think United play Brighton tonight, actually, um, yeah, which is not going to be an now, easy. Yeah. It's not going to be an easy game either. Um, Arsenal, I suppose, are are in prime position. Um, you know, they've, they've played two games less than United, three games less than West Ham. Uh, they're only two points behind West Ham, so they're in the in the driving seat. Having said that, they don't have points on the board, but um, <clears throat> as Johnny will tell you, <clears throat> you, you can't trust Arsenal either. So, you know, Wolves, why not? Um, there's no pressure on them. Nobody's expecting them to get top four. They do they not play concede Arsenal goals. Well again. They play Arsenal yeah. again soon. And that was a yeah. um, that was a cracker of a game. Um, mm-hmm. Arsenal just about got out there. Um, with three with the three points um i i would love to live stream johnny for that one because he was irate during that game <laughs> um yes so i might, might try and get that organized but um yeah they, they they really um have a um a tight roll a tight ship there at the back um the problem is that the you know if Jimenez gets injured they're in deep trouble in terms of scoring goals um right. let's just hope that doesn't happen and that they keep all their players fit. Treori going um, as well, you know, might not serve them well um, for the remaining three months of the season. When players are starting to get tired, you might pick up a few injuries. Um, if they lose, you know, a few important players out of that starting lineup, um, they have a very good 11 Wolves, but their squad, I don't know how it'll be in terms no. of the top four challenge. I, I fancy Arsenal to get it, to be honest. I do. I know their games yeah, in hand. I don't it'd think... be brilliant to see Arsenal back in the Champions League. Yeah. I, I, think, they're, I think they're going to end up with possibly three games in hand because they're supposed to play uh, Liverpool on the Carabao Cup final day. Yeah. Now, there are three games in hand, I think, are Liverpool, Chelsea and... Um, I'm not sure the other one is, so that'll be tough for yeah. Arsenal. But I, 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 there's something about I think they can't. This the top four needs someone to grab it by the stones for six or seven games, get a run in, and then they're they're out, they're out the gap because the rest of the teams are all falling over themselves. And I, I think it'll be Arsenal. It could be Wolves. Wolves could be in that run now, and it could carry on for three or four games here, and they could find themselves four or five points out in front because. As we just said, the other teams don't seem to want it for whatever reason. I mean, it's it's an idiotic game plan, but um, yeah. But it must Spurs there as well. Like, um, the I know they haven't played as many games as the others either, but um, can't trust them. Obviously, lost their last three games. Um, just so Spursy. Um, even Conte is saying talking about a mentality issue, and you, you can't kind of. You may as well say like this team is Spursy, like do you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, it. <laughs> um, that would be obviously his exit interview, but um, <laughs> it, it it would be it would be fantastic, yeah. Um, but uh, he like you can see that what he wanted was proper signings, and I know they got a few um in January, but um he would have been telling. Daniel Levy exactly what they needed, and he clearly mm-hmm. didn't get it. He's he's not happy um, at the minute, but Conte is somebody you trust. Trust his opinion, and you know he will he'll get you there in the end. We've seen it, you know, numerous times, um, and 
they just I don't think they have the stones to commit Spurs and don't have the you know, stones. It's, yeah, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work. I, I I can't see Spurs getting top four. It would really really surprise me unless Conte pulls something out of the bag tactically or I, changes I players. No, I I can't see it myself because I, I I just don't trust that squad to to hold it together. Do you know, like they had a great they they were great against Liverpool. They were good that game. Harry Kane should have been sent off. Will not go there. Um, but they were they did play, and I thought, all right, because he's on a run there. He hadn't lost a league game yet. And I thought, actually, you know yeah. what? This first team looks decent, and then Chelsea broke them, and they just fall yes. apart. Then you know, and and You're I just don't trust them. <laughs> I just don't trust. And I also, you know, I mean, if I was part of that Spurs squad, I would be fearing for my life. To be honest, you know, I would never mind my professional football career. I'd be like, and my families. Yes, and we got my horse's head here at the bottom of the bed, and that's going to be dust. Like, so Antonio does not look happy. Like, there's two teams playing tonight uh, in Paris here, uh, Real Madrid and PSG. And if they were to lo- one of them was to lose their manager, you know, PSG is Antonio, Antonio could be living in Paris or Real Madrid next, next year and loving life and enjoying himself. And that would not be a decent prospect for the rest of European football because no doubt he'll get them winning. Um, but yeah, top four race is excellent. The, the, the relegation battle, which we'll talk about in the next week's pod, is also excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Brenton, will will finish off the pod on this and a little note for Leeds fans. They're looking a bit of bother, sir. They look like they could fall into that trap. Um, Frank went and dusted them. He did, and, and he had a big smile on his face afterwards. And uh, <laughs> I think he enjoyed that one more than um, most victories that he might have as as the Aaron boss. But yeah, I think he, um, I think they've played a game less than Leeds. They could they could jump above them. This is the thing with with these battles for positions like relegation and top four. This year, the the, the number of games played is is a real factor it's usually maybe one mm-hmm. that, that a team has missed out on because of a cup game or something like that but because of covid we're seeing you know, so many teams with games in hand like burnley still have a couple of games in hand you know two or three on on um teams above them now that they, they don't look like they're they're going to get out of it at this stage but um that's an example of you know the discrepancy in, in the number of games played newcastle unfortunately Look like they find a bit of form and, and they're gonna uh, climb their way out of it. Um, I, I don't see any of those teams below them really. Um, mounting a, a proper challenge, um, unless Roy gets gets the ducks in line at, at Watford. But um, it looks like a sad state of affairs for the bottom three. And I think you know Newcastle, Everton, Leeds um, will just stay above gonna, them. They're they're the gonna door. have ter- they're gonna have terrible seasons, but they're gonna stay there. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, I think I'll do us for this week's pod a day later on Tuesday night, but you'll probably get it on Wednesday morning. But um, thanks for listening, folks, as always. And if you're watching the video, if it's up on Spotify, you'll see the link below. So follow us at the Football Bubble Pod on Twitter and Instagram, which Brenton runs and does everything for us. And then check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash football babble. Enjoy the rest of the football week, whatever you're up to. There's plenty of games on this week in Europe and the leagues, and then there'll also be more action on the weekend. Myself and Johnny should be back on Thursday night, Chatties and TMB, um, and we'll speak to you then. If, not, if you're not listening or you don't chat, catch us then, we'll catch you next week, and good luck. <laughs>